Full 10 Yards Podcast. Yes, welcome in everyone. This is the Full 10 Yards, where every yard counts. Today's podcast, Untimed Down, and the first podcast under the Britball umbrella. So if you're a Britball fan and you've, you've tuned into us, welcome. Hope you uh, enjoy the stay. Uh, Thomas, uh, our Britball chief, couldn't join us today, unfortunately, but don't worry, he'll be uh, he'll be on very soon with some interesting guests over the next coming weeks and months, and obviously he'll be doing our, our results roundup for the Britball game. Uh, that'll be up tomorrow, like it is each and every week. But one of the results you'll see on that report this week is the fascinating result uh, which uh, occurred in the Premiership North, where the Manchester Titans shut out the Tamworth Phoenix away from home. Uh, I haven't seen a bigger turn up that, than that since Cam Newton's trousers. Um, but join, <laughs> joining us now to talk about that result uh, was a guy that who's instrumental in that in that victory. Well, I'm sure he'll he'll play the team. Uh, it was a team effort card. It's but uh, second second uh, visit on the podcast for Sam Bloomfield, the quarterback of the Manchester Titans, who takes his second snap on the podcast after joining us last year. Sam, welcome you back on. Has it has it sunk in yet? Um. I, after the game, uh, I think that I was incredibly happy. Um, but I think I maybe moved on so fast that maybe after the season I'll be able to fully appreciate what happened. Mm. Um, so now I'm kind of still so much focused on the next game, which is, is this coming Sunday. Yeah. So um, maybe not. Yeah. No, absolutely. I say I saw, I saw the videos doing the rounds on, on, on Facebook about the celebrations. There's a lot of emotions there from loads of different players uh, on the team. I sort of see you going around congratulating all the players as well. What was the what was the immediate reaction of, of you know of, of you and, and the team when, when the game clock hit zeros? Um when the game to be honest, you know, all the way up until the fourth quarter, if you're leading a, uh, you know, your average team twenty one nothing in the fourth quarter, you're you're kind of sat there thinking, right, well this get this game's um, you know, on its way now. We've got it sorted. We just need to um, just kind of waste time. But uh, I'm going to be quite honest, all the way up until kind of the last minute or so of the game, I could not do anything but hold my breath. Yeah. Um, it just, against Tamworth, it just did not feel uh, real, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so when the actual clock hit zero, um I suppose there was, like you said, so many different emotions. There was, there was shock, and there was happiness, and there was, um, I suppose, an air of uh, confidence after um, kind of a, an, you know, a, a rocky start to the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I say obviously it's it's dangerous to think that you you've won a game until the end of the sixty minutes have been played. But uh, you know you said there you, you kind of waiting until like the last minute of of the, of the game. But was there a, a point in the game where you thought to yourself, so oh, hang on a minute, there's there's something going on. Yeah, we we could win this game here, and uh, you know there's something special could could be in the offing. Um, <clears throat> I felt reasonably confident going into the game because we came in with a completely different um, game, offensive game plan. Right. Um, to what we'd had in the previous year, which um, didn't work too well. Um, So when we went, um, I suppose, two scores up and we were still, we were were, um, 14 nothing up at the half, um, it was kind of a realisation moment of if we keep rolling here and if the defence, you know, stands strong like they had been doing, then we're, we're in. Um, all we need to do is stick to that same game plan and um, not get too complacent or not not try anything cheeky or, or anything like that. We just kind of, yeah, half-time, there was, um, you know, 
in, in the most positive way possible, there wasn't a lot of smiles. Mm. It was extremely focused and um, making sure that we did not uh, let our foot off the gas at all. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very much like, a, I suppose, uh, Bill Belichick, do your job mentality. Absolutely. Um, you know, biggest Patriots fan going, uh, <laughs> I am. But um, uh, it was it was very much a case of, um, I think that my actual words to start off what I said at half time uh, was something along the lines of, anybody and everybody who's watching this game from an outsider perspective is saying, yeah, sure, Manchester are leading 14 nothing now. Yeah. But that won't be, uh, you know, Tamworth will come back. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, there was a number of comments that I saw um, when the halftime score was posted where people said exactly that. They said, not for long, yeah. uh, or, yeah, yeah. or don't worry, Tamworth have got this, and things like that. And um, so, you know, we really needed to not, be, you know, not believe our own hype and yeah. to make sure that we actually finished the job. Yeah. No, and absolutely, and I suppose you know Tamworth. To be fair to them, like you said, we said you said off air that you know Jason Scott, a good friend of the podcast, he's been on, on, on as well. He said that they you know they haven't been beaten for was it thirty five um, regular season games in, in the Premiership North. So you can understand why people you know social media and all those some kind of have that attitude. It's like, like, kind of like a Man City thing, isn't it? Where they'll always just scrape out the win. But um, yeah, I mean, fair play to you, you and the boys. And let's say for the defense, that's the uh, second shout out in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. I- off the pitch, very friendly with Jason, um, you know, and uh, on the pitch, we're both incredibly competitive. And, yep. uh, you know, he says things every now and again on the pitch and I say <laughs> things um, that we perhaps, well, I'll tell you what, we, we mean them, but uh, not, yeah. we're not with any malice. Yeah, it's yeah. just in the heat at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Jason, it was Jason himself who told me that it was it was 35 regular season games, um, and I believe three and a half years. Uh, they've not lost to a Northern team. Um and yeah, it was um, it was it was a, it was a real slug. It was a real um, you know tough tough battle. Um, the in the Premiership, you you generally say there's no easy games, but um, you know, like you said, Tamworth have been so good for so long that you go into that game and you expect to come out you know hobbling and mm. and uh, the, you know that game was no different. And I know. You know, like you said, they are Manchester City and, and everybody around the league wants them to lose. People, even people who've never had any association or, <laughs> or played Hammer Phoenix yeah. dislike them for some reason. Yeah. You know, and the only the only thing I can blame Tamworth of is um, is that when they're winning, they are absolutely in your face. And that is a tactic that a number of teams uh, use. And, you know, it just works to their effect more. Yeah. Um, so, to be honest, uh, you know, I don't dislike Tamworth. I have a great respect for them, and I think they do things the right way. Um, I think Jason is an incredible coach. I think um, uh, Hossack, who is on the committee and is also a player, um, the program they've got there is incredible. I yeah. do think they've done things the right way, but there's a lot of people around the league who seem to have a different opinion. I'm not sure where it's come from. Possibly the fact that they're just successful yeah yeah everyone hates everyone hates the win everyone likes the uh, the underdog don't they um, but yeah no I, I probably echo your, your sentiments there to, to Tam of say yeah Jason is Jason's a great coach we had a great time chatting with him a uh, little bit of last year but yeah just um, if we go back a couple of days if you, if you like Sam just uh, you mentioned uh, that you changed your offensive kind of you know style when you went into the game is that is that something that you've done just for Tamworth, or is that something you've you've implemented over the off season to to go into the into the season this year, or is it was it just a Tamworth thing? Um, 
without going into too much detail, as we still have five games left to go and no yeah. idea who's listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's there's been a number of changes to our playbook this year. Um, you know, we're we're three years into our our, our kind of playbook with Manchester. Um, and so there have been there have been changes and, and adjustments there, um, but it was more kind of the way that we approached the game. Um, you know, with regards to the other teams like Leicester and uh, and Sheffield and, and Edinburgh, you obviously do things slightly differently for each team. But um, you know, you say you're, oh, we're going to attack this area of, of the field, or we're going to um, kind of pick on this player or this position, that kind of thing. But with regards to the Tamworth game plan. Um, we basically said, here's what they are trying to do defensively, and this is what they're going to try and do to us. Um, so we're going to avoid that completely and basically take our shots when they give them to us. Yeah. Um, we didn't try and get cheeky. We didn't try and um, take a shot on you know third and long. We played conservative. Well, not conservative, Mm-hmm. We basically aim to, to drive downfield and have long drives. Yeah. Um, you know, against the regular team, you'd probably say that, that would tire the defense out and give the offense an advantage. Um, not really the case against Tamworth. Uh, all four quarters, the defense is um, incredibly fit and they've got so much stamina that they're keep, able to keep up with you. But um, we wanted to make sure that we had sustained drives. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there weren't that many uh, play calls dialed up that were too risky. Right. No, no that's fair. That's fair enough. I say the the longer you can keep their offense off, uh, you know, off the field, uh, the less chance they are of scoring. Obviously, I know they can score on defense, but if you do your jobs, um, obviously that's going to that's help you. But yeah, so um, talk talk the, the you know the build up to the, the actual game itself. Uh, away games, obviously, slightly. Is it was there a, is there a slight difference in? Um, away games. I know Tamworth isn't the the longest road trip that you'll, that you'll take this season, but um, you know on, on the long away games or the games where you, maybe you travel up to Edinburgh and all the rest of it. Does the does the game week and the, and the planning change at all? Do you have like training on different days? Do you have you know Sunday? It's a case of getting up really early. Do you, do you change um, how you plan the week in terms of home and away games? Um, this is going to sound incredibly cliche, but we do nothing different. Right, okay. um, you know, obviously your your mental preparation um, is the exact same. Um, you might have a, you know, some people might have a, a particular team that they've circled on the calendar and that they really want to beat that team. And so maybe they'll put in a little bit more effort. Yeah. Um, but in terms of kind of myself and the offensive coordinator and, and the players that I communicate with the most, um, it's kind of business as usual. And when you do have to travel up to Edinburgh, there's a little bit of extra planning that goes into the actual travel aspect of yes, it. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll have, um, you'll, you'll use um, Huddle, which is the uh, platform we, we use to watch game film. Yep. You'll have, you know, lots of Edinburgh film downloaded or lots of Tamworth film downloaded so that you can sit and watch it on the coach, whether that be in positional groups or on your own. Or I know that myself and offensive coordinator Luke in the past, we've sat together and, and looked at some extra film before. Um, but in terms of actual planning, um, there, there isn't really any change from a home game to an away game, whether that be uh, Merseyside, which is, um, you know, 
45 minutes away from me yeah. or whether that's for Edinburgh, which is however many hours away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I say... Uh, Great, great start for for you boys in general. It's an interesting dynamic actually in the in the division, isn't it? Um, you know, six team, <clears throat> six teams in the division, but it's kind of split into two really, uh, with you and Tamworth and Merseyside uh, only losing the one game. And like, like you mentioned earlier in the in the, uh, in the segment, that that will change next week when you face the Nighthawks at home. That's that's a that's a big game, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think that um, you know I, it would be. Um, it would be silly of me to say that, uh, you know, you circle the calendar on games against teams like Merseyside and say, these are the games that we desperately need to win. Yeah. Um, as opposed to perhaps circling the Tamworth game, not because you're accepting that you're going to lose or that that's going to be, you know, um, uh, you know a lost cause, yeah. but more so that, okay, well, here are our closest rivals. Here are the team that are probably going to challenge us for either top or second spot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, um, when you're coming up against teams like those, you really are thinking, you know, we desperately need to win this game to make sure that we're postseason bound. Yeah. Um, the, the the dynamic with us, Tamworth and Merseyside now is um, probably the most interesting um, thing I've seen in the, the Prem North mm. since EKP and Tamworth were both that kind of similar level and battling it out for the number one spot back yeah. when I used to play for the Lancashire Wolverines. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, Merseyside are an incredibly tough team. They've got um, such a, pow- a high-powered offence and, um, and you know, I, I, last time we played them early on in this season, uh, you know, the scoreline was 33 points to us and 50 to them. Mm. Um, and part of me thinks that the scoreline doesn't reflect the game because I, part of me kind of believes that Merseyside actually did a better job against us than that scoreline reflects. Right. Um, I, we all came away from that game um, feeling like we had not even come close to doing our job, like nothing had gone right. Yeah. Um, you know, and there were, we, you know, we had a lot of players missing offensively. Merseyside knew that um, after the game, after just through talking to their players, they, they saw how many players we lost to injury in the previous weeks. And they saw that we lost a number on the day. Um I uh, actually had uh, broken my ribs the week before that against Sheffield, um, so I was I was kind of battling that. Um, and at first, I thought that that perhaps hadn't really impacted my play. But when I talked to my coaches and to some of my teammates, um, I didn't want to use it as an excuse. But they said, "Look, you know, you've." really not being your normal self, yeah, yeah. has anything changed? And I'm looking at my pregame ritual. I'm looking at the amount of preparation I do. I'm looking at I'm looking at as many things as I can, and I'm trying to figure out what am I doing differently here? And they're just saying, like, look, you might need to face the fact that, you know, you're not healthy, and that's causing you to, um, you know, unconsciously or, or subconsciously, uh, you know, pull out of your throws a little bit or, or wince when contact's coming your way. Yeah. Um, 
fortunately, um, you know, we had those four games on the bounce. I did it in the second game. We, I, you know, we managed to get through those games three and one uh, with the big loss to Merseyside. Um, and the week, or should I say the two weeks off that we had before the Tamworth game this Saturday just gone, um, really helped kind of get me in shape. And, and not only that, really helped the offence to get healthy, but yeah. also to develop a rhythm together that we, I think, had in the Leicester game, which yeah. was game one. But we, we lost it, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, you know, um, Merseyside present uh, a much different uh, offence than, than Tamworth do and, and than Edinburgh do. But um, to look at our defence from last year and uh, and compare them to this year is, is such a stark difference. And then just to compare our defence from the past two games to the Merseyside game, um, I'm really much more confident that we can uh, rock the boat this weekend against Merseyside. Yeah, should be uh, has all the makings of a, of a classic in the in the Prem North. Uh, hopefully, uh, be, there'll be a stream going on that one. I might tune in uh, and have a, have a little watch of that one. But uh, yeah, obviously after that one as well, um, the final game of the season at home to Tamworth as well could be could be a crucial one for for the playoffs. But just a, just a note on on last year, obviously you made the playoffs as well, but uh, beaten by the by the Warriors, uh, I think in the semi finals, wasn't it? Um, what did you learn anything from from that game at all uh, for, against the Warriors? Obviously, someone totally different that you don't usually see until you get to the end of the season. Uh, what was what was that like that experience like? Um, truly horrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Warriors are a different breed, um, and I know that in the past it's been kind of uh, the toss of a coin on a year by year basis: is is it going to be Blitz or is it going to be Warriors? Now, I, I frankly have no idea what has, has happened over the past sort of two years to the Warriors or to the Blitz. Um, but the Warriors, you know, currently are, are head and shoulders above anybody else in the British game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dungan absolutely love a chance to go up against them again and to, to give a better showing than last time. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, what Tony Allen, who's the head coach of the Warriors, has done with them for so long, um, the players that they have, um, it's just they are a freakish team. And I, I'm not entirely sure I can come away and say, what what did I learn? Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, it was certainly an experience that I'm glad of. Um, I've played the Blitz before, and I've, I was really um, happy that I got a chance to do that. Um, and, I, you know, I, I was very happy that I got to the chance to play the Warriors as well. Seemingly, I've played both teams in their prime. I've definitely played Tamworth in their prime. And uh, I also played East Kilbride back when they had their something ridiculous, like their decade-long dominance of the North. So I'm really lucky, or depending on your perspective, unlucky, yeah. um, that I got to play all of these teams I believe in their prime. Mm. Um, so I've learned, I've learned a lot because you don't win, uh, you don't learn if you win. Mm. You learn if you lose. Yeah. No, absolutely. We we'll call you the Tim Henman of American football. How about that? <laughs> yeah, that sounds well. It sounds miserable, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So just just the last bit on on the game over here before we move on to something a bit more, uh, a bit another interest of yours. Um, obviously, you say like you say you, you've you've faced all the teams in their prime over over the last couple of years. 
what, what what's it been like? Uh, what's the progression of the of the game been like over the last year since we last spoke? And, and obviously, recently the NFL Academy has just opened up and and, and taken a new influx of, of players. What what do you make of the game in general in in this country? Um, I think it's it's ever growing, it's ever changing, and um, I'm you know the more I kind of um, watch the junior program the more i think it's developing and i i don't really have that much involvement with it but um i'm really hoping that the grassroots is getting the attention it needs both from um a british standpoint and uh, well it seemingly is getting the attention it needs from the nfl uh because of, of as you just said the new uh, nfl academy that's just just started mm. um i think that university league is um is incredible um it's so vast and it's such a great feeder into both junior and adult contact yeah um i know that flag is getting um quite a bit bigger um there's new teams springing up everywhere the tournaments i hear a lot about them um so whether it's getting more coverage or whether it's it's growing i'm not entirely sure and um you know, the women's game is uh, always on the rise uh, with things like the Sapphire series. Um, that's getting significantly better. And I keep hearing um, little things about um, whether they're going to increase to 11 a side or not. Um, maybe that's just um, little birdies in my ear. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the British game is growing. And, um, you know, I think everybody will always have issues with it. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, very interesting things from the beginning of the season uh, regarding Baffa's rulings on certain things. Um, You know, I I won't necessarily go into too much detail, um, but um, it's basically um, they've tried to put a stop on teams bringing in um, American uh, prospects simply um, for dominance of the league. Um, so anyone who's from a, who's got a foreign passport, non-British passport, uh, needs to prove their, that they've lived in the country for six months or longer or that they're on a tier four visa. Yeah. Um, you know, that caused quite a bit of a stir. And so there's a lot of people who've fallen out of favour with, uh, with BAFTA. Um you know, regardless of my opinion, for the amount of time that I've been involved in the British game, there's never truly um, seemingly a majority of people that are happy with Baffa or with Bathka or with Bafra, any of the uh, any of the British American football um, yeah. kind of Branches. yeah yeah. There's always a, a large group of people who want change. Um, but my personal opinion is is that uh, we're probably not getting the funding uh, as a sport that we need to to create the change that we really want. You know, I think anybody who plays the game seriously here would really like it to become like the German leagues, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with imports and with crowds and stadiums and funding uh, and sponsors. But um, I think until something or someone comes along and says, here's how we're going to do it. Here's how it's going to be an even playing field for all teams. Um, 
I, I just don't think it will happen. Mm. No, and I say just to, he said there about Baffron. Is I've heard all the stories as well about uh, you know people uh, people's unhappiness, and it's, it's an interesting subject because you, you've got to get it right. Otherwise, you know, some you know exploiting loopholes is something that most uh, teams and not not even just in the American football game, but in all, in all sports is something that uh, is obviously. If they're exploited, then the the dilution of the game kind of you know doesn't become enjoyable for maybe some teams, and it's just it puts some people off. Maybe they, there's some guys that are trying to come through the ranks, through the academy, and through the grassroots here. You know, if you've got guys coming in from different countries and just to play the game, it kind of stifles them a little bit. Just look at the uh, the Premier League. But yeah, just to point on your on your Baffer and your Baffer and your Baff uh, your Baff car, you probably add the Baftas to that as well. So yeah. Maybe just so that any 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 acronym with BAFA just, just doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but talking of BAFTAs, that's actually quite a good segue into into something we we'll get you out here on, Sam. Um, very smooth. Yeah, it's very good, isn't it? Very smooth. Uh, I just thought of that just now. Um, but on your on your Twitter account, obviously uh, at Bloomers Twenty One, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Sam, um, you give. I, I see t- from time to time you give away uh, you know kind of film critiques and film reviews about films you've seen, and you, you know obviously your, your surname being Bloomfield, you've given it the blue. Is it like the Bloom scale? It's the Bloom scale. It's out of nine simply because I knew that if I did it out of a number that wasn't uh, divisible by five, it would infuriate my friends. <laughs> um, so I just did that to wind my friends up. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what's uh, obviously you? You must have seen a, a lot of films over your time. What what's your, been your your highest score in Bloom over the uh, film over the last you know, couple of months? Um, I think it's too easy for me to say Avengers Endgame. Uh, whilst so whilst I really enjoyed that, I think it's impossible for it to live up to the hype. Um, I did really enjoy it, but I'll go with a different film. and I'll go with um, the nostalgia was just too great for me. It was uh, Detective Pikachu. <laughs> um, it was a little bit strange. Um, some of the real world Pokemon gave me uh, some real weird vibes. Uh, but just from, you know, I grew up with Pokemon and um, just being able to see kind of uh, the real world imagining of them. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm. Uh, I'd really like to see more from that kind of world, I suppose. Yeah, yeah that's fair, fair, fair enough. Each to their own. And, and what's, uh, what's probably been the worst, uh, what's been the lowest score in Bloom uh, film of, of all time? Oh, of all time, um, I thought you were going to ask me about this. So this, this year, it's been Dumbo. Uh, that nice. was an absolute travesty. But <laughs> of all time, uh, on the spot, I'm going to have to go with um, The Shape of Water. Okay. Um, I don't know how it won so many awards. I think it was purely based on its visual um, effects. But The Shape of Water was such a strange film i was kind of laughing throughout uh, like serious part because i was so creeped out and so i just it was very 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 strange fair enough and probably my favorite film of all time is probably anchorman have you have you watched that what would you give that out of nine i have um at the time uh, i would have given it probably a nine out of nine oh, uh, it is incredibly funny yeah. very quotable to this day yeah. um unfortunately i have ruined it my, for myself by watching it when i was young right. uh, you know every other day um I'd, if i was going to go with my, my one of my favorite films of all time uh, i'd probably have to go with interstellar okay um with matthew mcconaughey mm. that's an absolutely exceptional film 
There you go. Heard it here first. But Sam, uh, thank you, thank you uh, so much for joining us. Giving a bit of insight there into Manchester. Obviously, your your great win uh, yesterday. Congratulations, obviously, on that. And uh, we wish you obviously all the best for the season. And hopefully, you can uh, you can push on now. Big game against the, the Merseyside Nighthawks on Sunday. And I say I'll try and keep some eyes on on that over here. Uh, a full ten yards Britball division. Uh, but yeah, really, thank, yeah, really appreciate you coming on. Uh, best luck with the rest of the season. And uh, say hopefully we'll get you on maybe uh, playoff time in a couple of months. Great, great. Sounds good. Look forward to it. There you have it. Great interview there with Sam. Thank you so much for him for coming on. Best of luck to them uh, on Sunday against the Merseyside Nighthawks. We will no doubt be keeping a good, close eye on that. If you enjoyed that podcast, uh, please let us know. We yeah, really enjoyed that. We're looking to do a lot more BritBall stuff over the coming weeks and months. You can get in contact with us on our Twitter page at F10Y BritBall. Uh, of course, obviously, a, a, a a son or a daughter of <laughs> of the full ten yards brand. One of the uh, one of the branches. We obviously have NFL. We have college fantasy football and betting and all the rest of it as well, including Britball. Looking to grow the Britball side of it uh, over the next couple of weeks and months. So hopefully you can. Uh, if you if you're someone out there that's listening to this and wants to come on and maybe chat about their team, or maybe chat about their experiences with the NFL Academy or uh, you know Britball in general as a fan or a spectator or even even a coach, uh, get in touch with us and we'd love to have you on. But that's going to do it for this special bonus podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll speak. To you all again on Wednesday uh, where we'll be looking more at NFL related stuff and breaking down some backfields and some wide receiving calls as well there uh, with the guests across the pond but in the meantime enjoy the rest of your Monday evening uh, Tuesday and we'll be back on Wednesday with the great words of Kevin Cadle it's bye bye for now bye bye thanks for listening to the full 10 yards podcast Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full10Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.